Um, I sometimes I get it mixed up with Legend. I can do. Too. I think just because they're yeah. both fantasy films that start. Which with one L, is Tom Cruise? That's Legend. Okay, okay. Labyrinth okay. is David Bowie. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Both weird. Both weird films. Both weird people. <laughs> <laughs> this is true too. This is true too. Hello, fellow geeks. Welcome to the Story Geeks podcast, and thank you for joining us. You are part of a small but influential group of people we call Story Geeks. Fans of science fiction, fantasy, and comic books who love to dig deeper into geek stories to see how they impact us and the culture around us. These aren't just stories that help us escape. These stories shape our world. How? That's what we're discussing today. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future Story Geeks content. And as always, we want to hear from you. So follow us on Facebook or Twitter and send us your thoughts and opinions by commenting or emailing. If you like this podcast, be sure to share it with a geek friend. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Shear, and this podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. For more information about the Story Geeks podcast and other Reclamation Society projects, visit www.reclamationsociety.org. Now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, guys, welcome back to the Story Geeks podcast. Uh, this week is another fun one because we are discussing the top 10 fantasy films of all time, and we have your votes, and we will be reading your votes. And I'm super thankful that you guys voted, which is amazing. And joining me today to discuss these movies that you've submitted and who have submitted their own top 10 fantasy films are Daryl Smith, who you know very well from as the other host of the Story Geeks podcast. Hello, Daryl. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Always, always good to have you on the show. And Ashley Pauls. Um, I met Ashley through the ESO Broadcasting Network. Uh, how are you, Ashley? I'm doing great. Very excited to be on the show here and really looking forward to talking about this topic. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Everybody knows Daryl and I, but tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. Sure. Well, um, I blog and I'm an occasional guest on the ESO Broadcasting Network, and I love movies, particularly sci-fi. So I love to blog about movies, talk about movies with other fans. So I'm definitely excited to dive into our favorite fantasy films tonight. Yeah, me too. So the first thing I'm going to do is actually I'm going to read off another iTunes review because we are very grateful for iTunes reviews. We've been, uh, a lot of generous people have given us iTunes reviews. We're very thankful for that. And this one comes from B. Coberly, who I just happen to know is Ben Coberly, a close friend of mine. Um, and he has been an original listener. He goes way back to the very first podcasts we've ever done. His, the title of his review is Geeky Goodness. It is a five-star review. And he says, I love this podcast. Host Jay, which I guess is my official name now, Host Jay has a great way of extracting meaning and spiritual depth out of all the geeky stories we love. He has on many diverse guests as well, offering unique perspectives. Definitely a must-listen-to podcast for me. So thank you, Ben, for that. Um, we do have really fun guests, and I am, uh, I'm glad Daryl and Ashley are with us today. Um, before we jump into the fantasy uh submissions i do want to read off we did get some sci-fi submissions um, as well from the last podcast so i just want to acknowledge those um the first one i got is from aaron styes aaron styes is a friend of mine 
He has at number 10, Edge of Tomorrow, number 9, Alien, number 8, The Matrix, 7, Inception, 6, Minority Report, 5, Looper, 4, Jurassic Park, 3, Return of the Jedi, 2, Back to the Future, and number 1, The Fifth Element. Wow. You know, the one that appears on his list here that did not, I think, appear in the conversation that we had is Looper. Someone mentioned Looper. Did somebody mention Looper? I think so. I think it's worthy of being mentioned for sure. Um, the other person who submitted their list for the top 10 sci-fi films, and actually this person submitted it before, and I didn't, and it's really bad because it's my co-founder, Nathan Check. Oh, no. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> yeah, his, his list got lost um, in my email, unfortunately. But here was his top 10. He also had at number 10, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, then he had uh, Inception at 9, District 9 at 8, uh, E.T. at 7, The Matrix at 6, Back to the Future at 5, Star Wars A New Hope at 4, Close Encounters of the Third Kind at 3, um, Jurassic Park at number 2, and Empire Strikes Back at number 1. So cool. still, no, still no oblivions besides you and Jamie. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. We will champion it. Well, uh, now we're going to dive into the fantasy film. So this is going to be really fun. Um, I will say that before we dive into the fantasy films, I'd love to hear your guys' takes on what qualifies as a fantasy film because talk about confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Ashley, why don't you start out? Why don't you tell us like some of the definition that you used when you came up? Because I, I was very much like, hey... Whatever you consider a fantasy film, let's call that a fantasy film. So Ashley, what did you, how did you kind of define your list? I've actually got to confess, this list was a lot harder than the sci-fi one. I am a huge sci-fi fan. Like I can talk about sci-fi and superheroes all day. But fantasy was a little bit tougher for me because when you think of fantasy, you normally think of like knights, swords, and magic and that kind of thing. But So I tried to kind of expand it a little bit. So I was worried that some of my movies didn't necessarily qualify as fantasy films, but I'm excited to look through our list here and see that several other people picked them too. So I tried to go with anything that just kind of has a fantastical element nothing that happens in space to kind of differentiate it from sci-fi but just something that kind of has a magical or fantastical element something that couldn't necessarily happen in the real world so that's kind of the very wide guidelines i went with for my list nice i like it what about you daryl uh exactly the same pretty much um and i've got a couple too that i i think might be controversial i don't know we'll <laughs> see i haven't seen the list so i don't know if these other ones made it into but yeah, same thing. Some sort of fantastical element, something beyond reality, but also something that doesn't step on sci-fi or the comic book genre. Mm -hmm. um, I I did, at first I kind of tried to stick to, I don't know, the traditional quote-unquote fantasy genre. So like your, you know, your Lord of the Rings, your Willows, those kinds of things. And I'm like, I've realized that's not my genre. Like I'm just not into... Mm -hmm as much stuff like that like I, I don't ever watch game of thrones and just that mm. that whole kind of world is not my favorite so mm. some of mine might be a little outside the box yeah i had this interesting like you guys i had this interesting deal where as a geek and liking geek stuff i'm like okay well i, did, I usually define geek stuff as being science fiction fantasy and comic books the problem with that is there's definitely some geek properties that we'll talk about that do not fit cleanly into any of those three. Yeah. And that means that uh, we have, that means that fantasy becomes a much bigger category. And I, and I totally agree with the way that um, you guys have both described that because it seems like, 
I was taking the, the same exact approach. So, and it looks like from the list, uh, the, the list that were submitted by all of the other folks, it looks like they were taking the same sort of approach. So I am gonna introduce these folks. Um, and again, super thankful for everybody who submitted their list. We had a really good response on this one as well. I think the daunting task of trying to figure out what a fantasy <laughs> film was did scare away yeah. a few people. <laughs> it's intimidating. Yeah, because we had more response to the sci-fi. But um, contributing again are Tim Posada. So Tim's a film critic, um, did his t dissertation on superhero films, which is pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, how many doctors out there do you know who are a doctor of superhero films? <laughs> He's literally Doctor Strange. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Joseph Heath, um, and I, neither Daryl nor I knew Joseph before the last podcast, but he had a super unique list of um, submissions, and that is also true of this list, so glad to have you, Joseph. Thanks for submitting your list. Um, good friend of the show, Michael Gordon, also from the ESO Network, uh, longtime Facebook friend of mine. Um, Zach Linton, good friend of mine, also submitted a sci-fi list. So all these are return, return guests. Seth Fontaine was actually a podcaster with us. Um, he did the Revenge of the Sith podcast, also the founder of Urban Vinyl, which is the headphones that I'm wearing. Um, you should hear an ad uh, for Urban Vinyl <laughs> during this <laughs> podcast at some point. They sponsored the show. My brother, Cody Shear, uh, Big Geek, also wrote a blog post for us recently about The Phantom Menace. You guys can go check that out on our website. Jason Cunningham, who I do not believe submitted a list for the sci-fi films, but he's here for the fantasy films. Jason is a writer, and he's also part of the Reclamation Society's story group, which is yeah. super cool. It's glad to have him. Uh, Sandra Demas, I don't believe Sandra submitted a sci-fi list. I don't, I don't think, think she did. Yeah, I don't think she did. But Sandra has also been on the podcast. Um, huge geek. Uh, she is the editorial director at Reasons to Believe. Um, Rocky Shear, my dad. So I got two family members. On All this right. List. Yeah, yeah, we got them in here. I'm actually kind of surprised my dad submitted a list because I don't think he submitted one for sci-fi. But that's, this is kind of cool. Um, so he did that. Uh, glad to have him. Malachi Ward, who did submit for sci-fi, um, he and I just did an interview yesterday. It's the first creator interview that we've done, so it will be released probably about a week after you're here in this podcast. Uh, but Malachi actually comes from a comic book background, but like has a very strong interest in, in fantasy and sci-fi, so he's kind of an all-around geek. <laughs> he's got it all covered. Uh, Marianne Holland. Marianne Holland is an actress. She is the lead actress in Star Wars Rivals, our fan film. Um, good friend of mine, also the chair of our board of directors for the Reclamation Society. Uh, Nathan Sheck, my co-founder. Um, I did not we got him in this time. <laughs> I did not neglect to put him on the list. He made it in. Um, George Haraxon. Uh, George is a pastor slash philosopher. Um, very very deep thinker. George uh, is always thinking very deeply. So I'm looking forward to his list. Should be a really good list. Isaac Johnson, we've had Isaac Johnson submit lists before. Um, Isaac has been on the podcast. Isaac is an actor and a musician. So he's sort of like all around entertainment guy. Um, and then finally, David Graham, who I believe is a friend of Daryl's. Yeah, David Graham is a friend of mine, um, lives out in Kentucky now. And he's a huge fan of this genre. In fact, before he moved out to Kentucky, we did an outing to see a showing of The Princess Bride for his birthday. Really? So, yeah. That is a pretty big, that's a pretty big fantasy geek thing to do. So it is, it is. I like it. 
Um, so that's who submitted. Uh, now we're going to go through our top 10. So I'm going to go through the top 10 pretty quickly on what other folks submitted. Um, and then I'm going to ask Daryl and Ashley, and then I'll even reveal my own and we'll just keep going through them. Um, so coming in at number 10, Tim Posada said the Princess Bride. So you just referenced the Princess there Bride. Go. Tim's got it at number 10. Um, Joseph Heath has the uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Michael Gordon has the Dark Crystal. I think that's the only time that shows up. Are you going to keep a running tally of how many Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings mentions there are in this? <laughs> I, do, I do. Well, I don't have a running tally of how many times they're mentioned, but we are going to talk about the top three submissions. Sure we are. Yes. Um, so, Dark Crystal, Michael Gordon, uh, Zach Linton is cheating. He has two, he has two movies uh, at 10. He has Legend and he has Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, come on. Those don't even have anything to do with each other. <laughs> I know. He actually had a note on Legend, too, and just said, like, it's Ridley Scott. So I don't know what that means. I guess he likes Ridley Scott a lot, maybe. Um, Seth Fontaine, Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Really interesting choice there. And a good fantasy choice. It is. Also a comic book choice. Yeah, yeah. true. Also a comic book choice. That's true. What did you guys? What are you guys' feelings on Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Did you? Is that a movie that you really enjoyed? Would it make your top? Any of your top ten lists? I guess I can't. No, no spoiler alerts because you're going to give me your top <laughs> ten fantasy list. But what do you guys think of it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's no, it's not going to be on any of my top ten lists, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not personally a huge fan of that one, but I think it definitely belongs on the fantasy list. So definitely a cool movie for those that enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of feel I'm kind of somewhere in between you guys. I mean, I thought it was good. I think I fell asleep during it. That's not super uncommon. I fall asleep in a lot of movies, <laughs> um, but it was very creative, and I appreciate the creativity. Uh, Cody Shear, my brother, says Highlander. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, and Highlander is one that um, I don't think made a lot of people's lists. Definitely fantasy. I mean, definitely falls into that fantasy realm. Yeah, I kind of. Borders of the fantasy sci-fi realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of an interesting concept where... Although, the original would definitely just be more fantasy. I think the sequel, which is not good, <laughs> is more sci-fi. I believe there was a TV show as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to watch that TV show. So Dun did I. Duncan McLeod of the K Clan McLeod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you gotta kill people with swords and take their powers. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty intense. Uh, Jason Cunningham says the never ending story. Ah, uh, yes. Classic, classic fantasy, really. Um, Sandra Demas is also cheating. Uh, she says Ready Player One. She, and she has a note that she preemptively loves it. Well, <laughs> the trailer is incredible, so. The trailer is incredible. I preemptively love it, too. Now, total side conversation here, and I posted this in our Facebook group, which, by the way, we have a Facebook group. You can go to the story groups. That's not the story groups. The Story Geeks Facebook group. Just look up the Story Geeks on Facebook. I posted in there about what your favorite trailer was coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, so... What did you guys think about the San Diego Comic-Con trailers and which ones did you kind of like the best? I Ready Player One looked really cool to me. That's been a book that's been on my to-be-read list for a while, so that kind of kicked it back up to the front of my mind. I would really like to see that one. I'm, I'm feeling actually kind of optimistic about Justice League. I'm still kind of worried about it, but after Wonder Woman was so amazing this summer and I see they're trying to work a little bit of humor into the trailer, so I, I'm a little bit more optimistic for Justice League now, actually. Nice, yeah. It w I did. I did prefer that trailer to some of the trailers we've had. 
What about you, Daryl? Uh, let's see. I'm 40 years old, so I've been waiting about 40 years for them to make a Justice League movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to say Justice League. Wow, you guys are both on Team Justice League. My favorite trailer was Stranger Things. It was awesome. season two. Ooh, yeah. that was good too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's um, season one really shocked me, and I binge. My wife and I binge watched it over a two day period because it was like we should just try this thing. People say it's good, and like literally could not stop watching it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I loved about the Justice League movie? I'll just, I just have to throw this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. They had the guts to put an Easter egg in a trailer. Really? What's the Easter egg? So there's this ominous voice. Maybe it's Steppenwolf. I'm not totally sure, but you yeah. hear it says. There's no protectors here. And then it says, no lanterns. Yes. Yeah, I like that. So they're already making reference to Green Lantern in the trailer. And I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is super cool. Uh, my dad has Harry Potter. And so a lot of people did this. And so I'm not going to yell at people. I'm not going to get after people. But people put like the entire series of something in their list as opposed to putting individual films, which is sort of cheating also. So I'm going to call you out as cheating, but you're allowed to do it and you're allowed to cheat because I am not getting crazy about these lists. Um, so I don't know which Harry Potter that is or if that's just the entire series. I'm assuming it's the entire series. Uh, Malachi Ward had The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Oh, yeah. I have never seen that movie. I have seen it. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's weird. <laughs> but it's good. It fits into fantasy? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. Have you seen that one, actually? I have not. I've actually... I don't know if I've heard of that one before, so I'm kind of intrigued now. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either, but yeah, it, it does show up one time again on this list, so that's a new one for people. If you haven't seen that one, go check it out. Uh, Marianne Holland says Monsters, Inc., Nice. Uh, I think that's the only time that Monsters, Inc. makes it on this list. Um, but fantastic choice. I mean, that that generation of Pixar movies is like... Pixar was just on a run oh, yeah. of amazing movies during that time. That one w would have been in my, like, 11 to 16 realm. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Uh, Nathan Sheck says Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, George Haraxon says The Hobbit. Isaac Johnson says Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which if you're putting Guardians of the Galaxy in your fantasy list, it can literally be in every list that we do. Oh, totally. <laughs> and it can. Yeah. It can. Yes. No, no, it definitely can. It can be in your, your uh, sci-fi list. It can be in your fantasy list. It can be in your comic book list. So it's all over the place. Um, still my favorite MCU movie, by the way. So all right. I'll just throw that out there. And David Graham says the never-ending story. So a couple never-ending stories in the top 10. Now we're going to go into our top 10. So Ashley, I will start with you. What did you put at, top, at your number 10? I actually have Monty Python and the Holy Grail also. Ooh, trifecta. I just think it's really funny. I like that it's kind of a spoof and send up on the super serious kind of a night films. And of course, the Monty Python gang is always great. So that's just a really fun kind of light fantasy film. Always makes me laugh when I watch it. Absolutely. Um, obviously, super British humor, which is great. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and it's funny because a lot of times uh, geeks don't always include comedy in their top tens. I wrestled um, with that, yeah. Yeah, but, but we had some comedies in our sci-fi, which is a great way, Galaxy mm -hmm. Quest, in there. 
I have um, what I think would be considered a couple comedies in my list. So um, I'm on board with Monty Python. Totally. What is yours, Daryl? What's your top ten? Well, I, th- I think one of the best places you see a lot of good fantasy storytelling is in animation. Mm. So I've got a few animated films on my list. Uh, but the first one is at number 10, and it's uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Ah, nice. Mm. Which That's I good. think is just a really... It's got a ton of heart for a movie about a dork befriending a dragon. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. But and and the second one's great, too, but the first one's better, so... Yeah, and it actually has very, very, very high ratings on all of the yeah. Metacritic and, and Rotten Tomatoes scores as well. Nice. Good choices. I have an animated film at, at number 10 as well, uh, and it is The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. good choice. Yeah, so it barely, it barely ekes out into the top 10 because there's a lot of good movies out there. There's a lot of other movies that I could pick. Um, it... Someone can make an argument that it could sort of fit into the comic book movies list. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the comic book movies list, which will be the next list, by the way. It has to list. actually be a comic book? It has to be based <laughs> on a comic book. Yeah. yeah. So, And the reason why I differentiate that is because as I think through it, one of my favorite movies, it makes my top ten movies of all time, is Road to Perdition. Yeah. Mm. It fits into comic books because it's based on a graphic novel, right. but it's not superhero-y. So yeah. I can't say superhero movies... Which Incredibles would be. Uh, so that's how I differentiate in my own mind about yeah. why that shows up there. Um, cool. Let's jump into number nine. Tim Posada has How to Train Your Dragon. Hey. So there you go. Tim and Daryl agreeing on something. I was afraid I'd be the only one. <laughs> uh, Joseph Heath says Big Fish. I believe that's the only time it makes the list um, on what was submitted to us. Uh, pretty interesting film. Tim Burton film, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it occurs to me almost any Tim Burton film would fall into this category, but... It's true. That's a very unconventional un, uh, Tim Burton film. This is true. Which is yeah. one of the reasons it's one of my I don't think there's anybody who has uh, dark eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Johnny Depp is nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It is a good movie, though. I do like that movie. Good choice, Joseph. Uh, Michael Gordon has Labyrinth. Not the only time that that will appear, so we can talk about that again. Uh, Zach Linton has Spirited Away. Seth Fontaine has Hellboy. Uh, Cody Shear has The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. But not the only time that will appear, so we'll mm-hmm. talk about that later as well. Jason Cunningham has Conan the Barbarian. Hey. The, 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 the Arnold Schwarzenegger version is what he has on here, so that's, that's cool. Uh, what, are, what are your feelings about Conan the Barbarian? I, it's, it's just not a franchise I've ever cared much about. <laughs> <laughs> Same what about here. you, Ashley? Yeah, Same yeah. here. Just not, not quite my thing, but if that is, more power to you. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, I don't know, it's not really my thing either. So I have to ask Jason, like, what, what is it you like about that? But it's sort of like one of the, it is uh, firmly rooted in fantasy. Sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, in fact, you have to have Arnold play that role because, like, who else is going to play that role? Uh, well, these days, there's lots of roided up people. <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> Back then, there wasn't as many. Who was was it Jason Momoa who played him in the new one? Oh, man. I think so. I think you're right I about that. I don't know. Okay. It would sort of fit, wouldn't it? He looks the part. He does look the part. He's, he's not as roided up as I would have imagined yeah. that actor to be. But he, he then again, he could have gone off steroids <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and shrunk since then. 
Now, I will say that he does make an amazing Aquaman and makes up for decades of an, uh, an Aquaman that looks really stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, don't love the classic uh, Aquaman in that, in that case. Sandra Demas uh, has Moana on right. her. Hmm. Excellent choice, Sandra. Love um, Moana. Yeah, Moana's great. Good music. Uh, I, do, I, do, I would love to talk about Moana. You guys need to do a podcast on Moana at some point in time. You got meaning me and you and Sandra can do and Sandra can do one yeah yeah. Um, my dad says Chronicles of Narnia again chooses Your the dad entire likes series. The franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, chooses the entire franchise. Um, we'll talk about that one later as well. Malachi Ward uh, says Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's classic. Uh, definitely, we'll talk about this one a little bit in a little bit more depth later. But I believe one of definitely one of the fantasy films, the highest rated fantasy film on like uh, the American Film Institute's fantasy list, right? So uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of argument with that one. Hmm. Uh, Marianne Holland says uh, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Which, by the way, I believe for all of those who have said Chronicles of Narnia, that's the one film that they draw out of that. Except your dad. Except my dad, he just goes all. Oh, <laughs> there's no separating the yeah. series. You can't do that. Uh, Nathan Sheck comes up with a really good option um, that I feel like was supposed to be on my list and is not on my list, and I don't know what happened to it. I think I just eked out of my top ten, and it's The Sixth Sense. Ah, okay. Interesting choice. Yeah, sort of like sort of going down the paranormal route yeah. with with the fantasy choice. Yeah. Which again, in my definition, would fit because it's sort of a geek property. But where do you fit it in? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this though: it does make it very difficult to deal with horror films. Now, it just so happens that I don't like horror films, most horror films, all that much. So it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, but I don't. It does make it hard to differentiate because that's a hard line to. Well, maybe you can go off of motivation because horror films kind of exist to horrify. Yeah. Right. Whereas there's other films that use horror elements to tell a story that's not really a horror story. Great point. I think Sixth Sense is kind of one of those. That's great. That's a great point. Uh, Wizard of Oz comes in at number nine for George Haraxon and The Princess Bride for Isaac Johnson. And David Graham says Hook. Only time it appears on the list. Really? Yeah, on on everyone else's Mm. list. But really good choice. Really, really good choice. So I think I started with Ashley last time. Daryl, I'll start with you this time. What's you? What is your number nine? For my me? number nine. Let me check out my list here. My number. Oh, you're not gonna like this. <laughs> oh. Um, again, in the animated realm, my number nine is Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh. Mm, a movie I that love Kubo. Jay seems unable to recognize the genius of that movie <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but oh. it is. I will. Go ahead. Go Ashley. ahead. I was just going to say, I will back you up. I also loved Kubo. I thought it's a beautiful, magical movie. Yeah. And we don't have to talk too much about that. There's an episode on Kubo. Yeah, that's right. So go back and listen to it. You can listen, listen to, to a Story Geeks podcast on Kubo. And, and it's um, Daryl and Jack Latour, and they talk about it uh, in depth, as we always do. And it's really well worth your listen to listen to what they had to say. Um, and Jay's not on it, so there's no negativity. <laughs> <laughs> there's no negativity, despite the issues I have with that film. But I won't go into that because I think you guys are you guys love it, so I'm not going to go there. But Ashley, what is your number nine? 
My number nine pick is Stardust. Oh, I think right. it's a really fun fantasy film with a little bit of comedy and some neat magical elements. So that that was the one I put at number nine. Great cast in that film, too. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Is that, if I'm wrong about this, I'm going to sound stupid, but is that a Neil Gaiman story? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, it is. I'm not stupid. <laughs> nice. You can't go wrong with Neil Gaiman in a fantasy, right? Yeah, no. Great choice. My choice at number nine, I think, is incredibly weird. And I don't see it on any other lists. Uh, but I really like it. And it is my comedy choice. Uh, and it is The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. Jamie would be so happy with you. She yes. loves that movie. Ah, that movie is so good. I think it's one of the most underrated Disney movies of all time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Super, super funny. I mean, David Spade is a llama. I think that's so funny. And you've got uh, Patrick Warburton in it, too. Yeah. That's Kronk. That's yeah. really good. Cool. Let's go moving into number eight. Tim Posada says Willow, a very classic uh, fantasy film. Um, doesn't appear a ton of times, but I think it will appear again, so we'll talk about it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Heath says Heart and Souls. And Joseph continues to bring... Uh, films that I have not seen into the list, which is great because then I can have more things to go watch. Have you guys seen Heart and Souls? I don't know what it is. I'm going to look it up. Me either. So, another, like you said, another one to check out. Yeah, exactly. Joseph has like a width and breadth of geek movies that is pretty amazing. Um, and as Daryl looks that up, I'm going to keep going. Michael Gordon uh, says The Princess Bride. Zach Linton says Willy Wonka, the original. Oh, okay. So what is Heart and Souls? It's a, it's an old Robert Downey Jr. film. Really? Yeah, really? kind of a... Okay, I remember this movie. It's actually a little bit of a rom-com. So basically, Robert Downey Jr. and Elizabeth... Is that Elizabeth's shoe? <laughs> it looks like Elizabeth's shoe. It might not be. Anyway... Um, it look. I think it's there's four ghosts, four deceased oh. people who help guide him through this relationship and stuff. I remember this movie. I've seen it. No, no way. Yeah, good choice, Joseph. Way to bring that bring that back into uh, the lexicon of our conversation. Um, Zach Linton said Willy Wonka, and he said the original. What do you guys feel like about Willy Wonka? Well, if you're gonna choose one, you have to choose the original, right? Yeah, I mean, unless you want Jack Sparrow playing Willy Wonka. <laughs> what do you think, Ashley? I, th- I think it's an enjoyable movie. It's not one that definitely made my top ten, but I, I would have picked the original also, and it does have a lot of, uh, has gotten a lot of pop culture mileage out of that. So I think that's definitely a solid choice. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I think that movie got away with a lot of creeping out of children (laughs) disguising itself as a children's film (laughs) yeah exactly uh seth fontaine at his number eight choice was the mummy from 1999 so he did not go with the tom cruise the brendan fraser one the brendan fraser one yep yep. wow i almost had the mummy the brendan fraser one on my list too really it's fun man it is a fun oh my gosh okay um my brother has stardust at number eight so there you go ashley uh somebody agreeing there with you Jason Cunningham has The Village. Oh, I'm uh, glad somebody likes The Village. I like The Village. I hate how much cool. flack that movie takes. I think it's great. I think it's a good movie. I think, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan had that kind of run of, like, twist endings. And, like, how many twist endings can you possibly do? And I think just people get worn out by that kind of yeah. stuff. But I like the movie. Uh, Sandra Demas has a great choice um, that I did not put on any of my lists, but it is Coraline. 
Oh. Which is a cool, cool choice. Um, my dad has Jason and the Argonauts. Nice. Uh, have you guys seen Jason and Argonauts? Ashley, have you seen I it? I have not. Not seen it? I have not. Have you seen it? Probably should, though. Yeah. I'm, I've seen bits of it. I think I get it mixed up with Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there is a, if I'm not mistaken, there's a pretty classic scene where uh, Jason gets in a fight with uh, a group of skeletons that are all stop motion animation. Yeah. And for the time, it had to be like this intense special effect because it still looks, I mean, <laughs> halfway decent. I mean, like, you know, obviously, if you saw it in a movie today, you'd laugh at it, but uh, pretty interesting. Malachi Ward has Conan the Barbarian. Um, so he agrees with Jason Cunningham on that one. Um, Marianne Holland has Pan's Labyrinth, uh, which will appear again, so we'll talk about that one later. Uh, Nathan Sheck has Spirited Away. That is the second mention of Spirited Away. What, do you, what is your feeling, Ashley, about Spirited Away? Is that a movie you've seen? This is another one I haven't seen, so this, this list is making me feel bad. I'm needing to jot down a bunch of these movies <laughs> that I need to get caught up on. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way because I have not seen Spirited Away either. But it's also not likely to make my list just based on the fact that I'm not like a huge fan of that kind of animation and that mm -hmm. kind of storytelling. But what about you, Daryl? I haven't seen it, but it, it was one of three movies I identified that I need to see. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch them before making this list but it was that one a monster calls and uh, into the woods which i have seen part of before but i want to go back and rewatch. So. yeah into the woods being the josh whedon film no, 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 no that's no. cabin in the cabin woods, in the woods. <laughs> no <laughs> into, into the woods is a musical oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah meryl yeah, yeah. streep and of chris course. pine and anna kendrick and james corden it's interesting because cabin in the woods did not make anyone's lists maybe Fair to say that that's more horror and yeah. not, doesn't count as fantasy, but it almost made it into my top ten. It's a good movie. It's very, very good, um, and very surprising and like taking a lot of risks. Like I, I liked it. It was. Have you seen it, Ashley? Which one was that one again? Cabin in the Woods. Oh no, I have not seen that one. Actually, it, I am very nervous about horror films, so I tend to stay oh, away. Oh, this from one's those. worth it. Yeah, it's, it's I, very atypical. Yes. Okay, that's good I, to know. I, I am also. I, I also hate horror films. Horror, I watch a horror film and I can't sleep very well. But this one, I would say, it still has a lot of horror elements. But it is. You almost have to stick with it just to see what it is, what it's about. Yeah. Without spoiling it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'll add that to the growing list. Of yeah. There watched. you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, George Raxon has Blade Runner. Uh, which is, in my, in my opinion, maybe more of a sci-fi film, but again, it can fit in the fantasy category. Um, we've talked about that one plenty. We don't have replicants, so that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This is true. Uh, Isaac Johnson said The Matrix, which is funny because I think that had to be on his sci-fi list as well, but I'm not sure about that. Um, David Graham said Return to Oz. So big fan of that franchise. I think that's the only time that Return to Oz shows up on this list. Um, so that brings us to number eight. Uh, Ashley, what was your number eight film? I'm actually joining Michael Gordon on this one and picking The Princess Bride. This Ooh. one is just, a, it's a fantastic cult classic. It's funny. You know, by most fans have seen it so many times, you can pretty much just quote the movie along with it. But it's just a ton of fun. I love the fantasy elements. I love the comedy. 
And even though some of the special effects are a little dodgy now, it still it adds to the fun. Absolutely. And, a, and such a well-crafted fantasy with all the different elements yes. that it brings in. Yeah. Now, is uh, is this on is this on your list, Daryl? Without spo- without too much spoilers. No, it's not on my list, but it is a movie that I love deeply. Okay, so it's not on my list either. It will show up higher on other people's lists, but I'll just pause here to talk about it a little bit. Um, hilarious, totally. Um, actually, breaks uh, into the actual story that's unfolding versus um, the reading of that story, which is really hard to do well, and, mm-hmm. and yet pulls that off. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those classics that I wish that I enjoyed more cause it would almost like definitely be on my list, except that I just think there's so many other movies that I enjoy more. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it tough. There's a, um, there's a book I think Carrie always wrote hmm. about his experience making the movie and he's got a ton of interviews with you know, Rob Reiner and the other actors and all these people that were involved with it. And there's an audio version of the book, which I've listened to a portion of. And he actually gets those people to come and contribute to the audio book. Wow. Oh, wow. And some of the stories behind the making of that movie are just almost as entertaining as the movie itself. Like, really? It's really interesting. That sounds awesome. I mean, any movie with Andre the Giant, you have to give points to. I think the book <laughs> is called As You Wish, but I'm not sure. Oh, so. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many quotable lines, too, between the inconceivable uh, and then... Anybody uh, want a peanut? <laughs> 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 well, and, and uh, my name is Rodrigo Montoya. You know, like, yeah. that, I mean, that's just amazing. So, good choice, Honestly. Ashley. Good choice. Thank I you. Met Thank him. you. I met Mandy Patinkin. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, he, when he was young, he went to a theater company in the small town in Colorado that my parents live in. No way. And I was there for an event, and he happened to be there. Very cool guy. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what is your number eight then, Daryl? Uh, my number eight continues my little string of animated films. Um, I know how much people love Frozen. Yeah. And they always talk about Frozen was the greatest thing that had come along in right. Disney movies at the time. And in reality, that's just not true. They had a far superior movie a couple of movies before that and my number eight is tangled oh um, good choice tangled is a very good choice i think i mean not to spoil anything but that's one of the first times i think a disney movie had a princess whose parents did not die <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true and there's just so many like heartfelt moments in that and you know being a parent kind of makes you love it a little bit more too and I think that's just well. A and you, movie. you're a huge fan of Chuck, the TV show, right? I have to be a huge fan of Chuck because that's how I met my wife. But yeah. yes, I am. Because it's also Zachary Levi, right? Zachary that, Levi playing the character Flynn Rider in that. Yeah. Yep. And Mandy Moore, who I actually I like her music too. Yeah. So. Yeah. All good stuff. Um, I also have my 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 bottom three, and this ends the animation for 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 the time being. Are all animated. Uh-huh. So my number eight is The Lion King. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So obviously a different take on fantasy because you're basically putting a cast of characters that are animals and make and then personifying them. Yep. Um, but great soundtrack, hilarious, but also heart wrenching uh, at many different points. Um, so I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of The Lion King. And I haven't seen it in a long time because Disney does that stupid vault thing. <laughs> doesn't let us oh, see we that. Oh, we have to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what I need to do. I need to borrow it. 
Star Wars fans, we are giving away two very special Star Wars prizes to Reclamation Society email subscribers. If you subscribe to the Reclamation Society's email updates, you are entered to win the Art of Rogue One. But thanks to a special donation from Daryl Smith, who is also one of the other hosts of the Story Geeks podcast, we have a second prize, a never-before-watched copy of The Phantom Menace on VHS. That means we have two super cool collector's items, and all you have to do is subscribe to our email updates. Which, by the way, you should do anyways. So, go visit www.reclamationsociety.org, and you can enter to win there. The link is in the show notes, so go subscribe now! Uh, now our number sevens. So, number seven for Tim Posada is Stardust. I already heard about that several times. That's very cool. Joseph Heath, The City of Lost Children. And Joseph brings it again with an interesting choice. Um, I don't even know what The City of Lost Children is. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I know of it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Have you seen it, Ashley? I have not. I've not heard of it either, so. Yeah. Well, Sounds don't don't feel badly because Joseph has like the most unique choices. So <laughs> Um, Michael Gordon brings it with Highlander as well. Wow. Now, Highlander, that was a, a Sean Connery was in that, right? Sean Connery was not the Highlander. The Highlander right. was uh, Christopher Lambert. Sean Connery was sort of like the guide. That yeah, was although Sean Connery was also an immortal. So, Oh, was he really? Yeah. Did, uh, okay. I'm going to have to watch that again. <laughs> That's an interesting franchise because they've made a ton of stuff. There's like four or five movies. Really? Maybe even six. Wow. I didn't know that. There's a whole TV series. There's a spinoff TV series. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I mean, arguably, the best thing they've done is still the first movie. Yeah. Which doesn't speak well of the franchise, but <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Zach Linton has What Dreams May Come. Oh, that's a good movie. Pretty classic, yeah. That's good. That's a good fantasy choice that may not appear on a lot of people. Because a lot of times when we think of fantasy, we think of high fantasy. Um, but this is clearly a choice that's not necessarily high fantasy so much as it is magical, uh, magical thinking or, yeah. or fantastical thinking. Um, maybe a better way of putting it. Uh, Seth Fontaine comes in with The Princess Bride. Uh, Cody Shear comes in with How to Train Your Dragon. Jason Cunningham, Evan Almighty. Um, Interesting. Okay, so I could have put Elf on my list. <laughs> you could have put Elf. On, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I almost did. <laughs> uh, Evan Almighty being no is Evan Almighty the second one, right? It's not Bruce because Bruce Almighty was the first one. Yeah. So Evan yeah. Almighty is Steve Carell. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Sandra Demas also has the Princess Bride. So the Princess Bride is showing up everywhere. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. Good thing that Ashley represented it because I didn't have it on my list. And you, you said you didn't have it on yours either, right? It would have been like 16 or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rocky Shear comes in, Wizard of Oz. We've heard that one before. Malachi Ward, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1920. Wow. <laughs> Must be a silent film. Um, I don't think that they were doing talkies yet in the 20, in the early 20s at least. Um, although I could be wrong about that. I'm not like a film history <laughs> person. <laughs> Um, Marianne Holland agrees with me in this range with The Lion King which is cool uh, Nathan Sheck says Groundhog Day <laughs> uh, there was some uh, Joseph and I had had a brief Facebook conversation with Joseph Heath because he had put Groundhog's Day on his sci-fi, sci-fi list and then his wife was like that's not sci-fi <laughs> they had an argument about that um, George Haraxon puts Moon on the list that showed up on a lot of sci-fi lists 
Uh, Isaac Johnson puts A New Hope on there. Um, that showed up on a lot of sci-fi lists as well. Although I have heard the argument that Star Wars is more fantasy than science fiction. So obviously Isaac's buying into that argument. David Graham, who already had listed Return to Oz, now lists Wizard of Oz. So um, again, into that franchise, which is very cool. Uh, so Daryl, what is your number seven fantasy film? Okay, my number seven film will open up a gigantic can of worms that we'll spend a lot of time talking about because <laughs> it begins with Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's Return of the King. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yes. Okay. okay. I now, love all of those movies, and yeah. it's, I don't mind saying the other two will pop up as we go. Yeah. But um, for me, that one, those movies are so great and so brilliant and so awesome. But that one comes in below the other two just because I think it suffers from the need to resolve things and yeah. that like ending that just wouldn't end kind of <laughs> has to knock it down a little bit. What do you mean too. you don't like 10 minutes of Hobbit's <laughs> jumping over beds? Ten, <laughs> 10 minutes would have been fine, but it's more like 30. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Okay, so that's good. I, I mean, I, uh, I only have one of those films on my list. Uh, it is it is not that one, but mm -hmm. uh, it is hard. I do I do see why people want to put that as a series, uh, just as when they say like the yeah. Lord of the Rings series. It is one like, long story. It's but... one long story. Um, obviously, I did not do that, uh, but uh, Return of the King I think might fall in at my uh, of the trilogy of that trilogy. I think it might fall in at my number two. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ashley? What do you think? It's actually my favorite of the Lord of the Rings movies. And oh. I won't give any spoilers about where it lands on my overall <laughs> top 10 list, but it's actually the one that spoke the most to me. I just really like how emotional it is and how these characters have been fighting and struggling and they finally kind of reach their goals. So that's that's why it appeals to me. But they're, they're all great movies and it was really hard to break out just my favorite one. As you guys talk about that and as a resolution to a story... Um, whether it's books or whether it's film, it is probably one of the best resolutions to any story ever. By the way, that's, that's my dog Gatsby groaning <laughs> into the table. Um, uh, just an amazing resolution because it is, at, at all times, like n that land and those characters will never be the same. Yeah. So even though they've conquered, they've overcome, um, they'll never return back to the innocent versions of themselves that they began yeah. with, right? Oh, yeah. um, and so I think Tolkien uh, had this just amazing ability to weave this story and have this resolution that uh, speaks volumes. Different, a slightly different resolution than what's in the books, because the books mm. they you know they go back to the Shire and there's some additional story there. Um, but I can't fault you guys for liking that. That's and putting that on there. That's, and you can't fault anybody for liking that. No, <laughs> it definitely fits into the, the 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 category of high fantasy. So, very cool. So, what was your number seven, Ashley? Mine is actually the Mummy with Brendan Fraser. So I was glad to see uh, Seth Montaigne that movie make his list also. Absolutely, yeah. I enjoy kind of the fantastical elements of it, the setting. That I love that it has a little bit of an Indiana Jones feel, a little bit of humor, and the special effects actually still stand up pretty good today. They're not quite as polished as maybe some of the things we see now, but I think the movie has held up pretty well over time. I watched it again this year and still really enjoyed it. I watched it again this year too, and I also um, really enjoyed it. It's I think it's just a... 
Hmm. It's a really have to fun go back. film. Yeah, it's just a really fun film. It's it's not trying to. Uh, it has a lot of Indiana Jones qualities, like you said. Actually, totally agree. Um, Brendan Fraser. This was like the the highlight of his career. Really. Yeah. Um, I know he's back now on a TV show, I believe, but um, had George of the Jungle and then had this, and really interesting characters that he that he was able to deal with. You know what? Yeah. This is this is not fair to Brendan Fraser, but the thing I cannot get out of my head when I think about him, yeah, is a year or two ago he was at I think it was the Golden Globes, it might have been the Oscars, mm-hmm. um, and somebody made a joke about him or something that he was in, yeah, and they showed his reaction. And he does like this clap and a laugh. I can't describe it to you properly, but it's the most awkward thing you've ever seen. It's hilarious. Just go to YouTube and look up like Brendan Fraser awkward clap. And it's, it's so funny. Oh, that's awesome. So, I'll have to do. I'll put that. Maybe I'll put that as the image of it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. Well, excellent choice, Ashley. Um, my number seven is very closely tied to Ashley's, as we mentioned, Indiana Jones, because my number seven is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm. And I know that we talked a little bit about, um, if you listen to the sci-fi podcast, you know what my top film is going to be for this <laughs> podcast. Sorry uh, about that. No, no, no. I think no that's my fault. <laughs> I just love this character, though. And, and this is one of those films where it doesn't immediately speak to me that it is a fantasy film. And I don't that doesn't I don't immediately categorize it as that. But as I think about Indiana Jones and I go or even the mummy, right? Like it these are fantasy films. They they have to be because I'm a geek and I love these films and I have no other place to put them. Um it's they're... totally a fantasy film. Yeah, yeah, so I think it has to fit. So, uh Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, we get to see uh River Phoenix, we get to see Sean Connery, we get to see um, Harrison Ford. I will say that that my one big complaint about Indiana Jones is I think that they handle female characters really poorly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So despite the fact that I love the character of Indiana Jones, I feel like that's one major drawback of that series. Um, I'm hoping that they'll turn that around with the next one maybe, but they've not done female characters justice, unfortunately. <laughs> um Cool. Let's go. Let's move on to number six. Tim Posada says Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part One. Part um, One. Interesting. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about Harry Potter in general a little bit more. But as you, as this is the final, this is the final movie, well, the beginning of the final movie of the Harry Potter series, and I will say that this movie did stand out to me within the series as being one of the better. It's really different from all the other ones. It's Mm. very kind of introspective and slow and character driven and not a lot of big stuff happens because they kind of save that for part two. Yeah. But it's a very interesting movie. Yeah. Absolutely. What is your What are your thoughts, Ashley, on that one? I, I feel bad for saying this. This is actually one of my least favorite movies in the Harry Potter franchise. Oh, wow. No. For some reason, it just didn't speak to me as much, but there are definitely strengths about all the films. And uh, again, not to give away spoilers, Deathly Hallows Part 2 shows up on my list as my favorite Harry Potter film, but there are definitely great things about all the movies that any, anybody could pick any one of them to put on their list. Nice. So I'll Except save our Chamber Harry- of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets bored me to tears. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, well, I'll save a little bit more of the Harry Potter discussion for later when Ashley yep. announces hers, but um, uh, we can continue going. Um, Joseph Heath picks a movie that I almost picked, and I didn't pick it, and it's really weird, 
and it's probably offensive, which is maybe a good reason why I didn't choose it, to some people, but it's um, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, that's a great movie. It's a great movie. But it that's is only also, offensive if you take yourself too seriously. Yes, it is just it's just very much a characterization stereotypical look at certain types of cultures, which I think is <laughs> truck drivers? You mean truck drivers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was a truck driver I would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I do not wear tank tops. That's not a thing. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I thought that movie was really fun, and Joseph uh, just put it on there. And, and talk about classic '80s. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> really, really cool. Uh, Michael Gordon puts Conan the Barbarian on his list, um, so there you go. Uh, Zach Linton comes in with Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is weird because he put that at number ten <laughs> with Legend. He just loves it too much. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it twice, so I don't know. Uh, Seth Fontaine puts the Harry Potter series, so Seth cheating with the rest of them. And my brother Cody puts a movie on here that, if I had thought of it, I pr- it probably would have made my top ten because I really enjoyed this film. And it's Thirteenth Warrior. Oh yeah, yeah. Really, I now what do you guys think of Thirteenth Warrior? It's the only time it appears on this list. It is a good movie. I like it. I have not heard of it, so that's one more, one more to add to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it is. Uh... I was not expecting to like it. I remember it being poorly marketed because totally. it did not look interesting to me. And I don't, know, I don't remember why I ended up watching it, but it's way better than you think it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I remember distinctly going into it thinking like, I don't know that I'm going to like this that much. And I came out of the theater going, that was awesome. Like, yeah. how did I not know about this? I think it might be because the trailers sort of left the fantastical elements out. Yes, but that's what makes it so good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Jason Cunningham has a really controversial one on the list. Uh-oh. And I say that because back where we used to work, Daryl and I used to work together. Back where we used to work, this was a this was a highly contested choice that you really like. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know what it is. <laughs> so what is tell us what it is. Oh I don't want to have to deal with this again. <laughs> <laughs> Most people wouldn't think of Jay as a bully. But... <laughs> Wait, me? Me? Oh my gosh. This is not me. This is Brad. This is all Brad's fault. That's true. That's true. He's the hater. Yeah. Well, it has to be a movie that is not the worst M. Night Shyamalan movie <laughs> by far and is a good movie. But is Lady in the Water? Yep. Lady yeah. in the Water. Lady in the Water. Yeah, we had a coworker Ashley, uh, Daryl, and I did that. Like, basically, despised Lady in the Water. <laughs> give Daryl, oh, Daryl, yeah, you, you give Daryl grief every single day for this movie. And then, oh, that's funny. So eventually, of course, I have to watch it because I had heard that it wasn't good. So I just, oh, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna and worry about it. And then you jumped on the bandwagon. Well, I jumped off the bandwagon because I started watching it and got bored and turned <laughs> oh, it off. So, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So, but I didn't hate it. It was just like I don't think this movie's for me. But to be fair, we all gave each other grief for very many things, and I don't think I got it as bad as some other people did, so I think it's okay. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, it was a fun, we had a fun crew. Uh, Sandra Demas says Back to the Future. Uh, oh. Obviously, that was super high on a lot of people's sci-fi movies, so. Wonderful movie. Great choice. Great choice. We talked about it actually last time as being one of the only movies that could almost be considered a perfect film. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number six for my dad is Toy Story. 
Um, Good choice. That will appear in other lists, so we'll save that for a minute. Um, Malachi Ward has Beauty and the Beast from 1946, which is a live-action mm. movie. And because I saw him yesterday, we talked about his list a little bit because I, um, I did the interview uh, I was talking about earlier. And um, he says that it's a very fascinating take on Beauty and the Beast. So, huh. wow. Probably worth going out and watching that. A contender for me, it didn't make my list, but was actually the new Beauty and the Beast. I actually really like it. I really like it. I really like the animated version, and it barely just didn't make it. It was kind of like, which one do I put in? Do I put yeah. in Lion King? Do I put in Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Like, how do I, like, where do I go with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Um, Marianne Holland has a movie that I rewatched recently. I do not understand why anyone likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and she has Avatar at number mm. six. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, granted, I mean, you can't argue with her because, I mean, it's still one of the top grossing films of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to do a podcast about it, um, and I, I have uh, a lot of issues with it. I, yeah. But I don't know that I need to go into more depth about it. <laughs> Ashley, are you a fan of Avatar? Um, it's beautiful to look at. I really got hyped about it when it first came out. But as time has passed, you know, I've kind of forgot about it. It's just not one where I think the story doesn't quite live up to the visuals. And now we have plenty of movies that are on that same visual level. So I don't think it's aged as well as some of the other films that people love in the sci-fi fantasy genre. Could not agree more. Yeah, Could and not. I think I've probably said this before on some of the episodes, but I don't understand why James Cameron gets to sit on the throne that James Cameron gets to sit on. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know, man. I do not understand I that don't either. get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it either. Uh, Nathan Sheck has Never Ending Story on there. We've heard that one several times. Um, great 80s fantasy movie. George Harrison has Logan's Run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, interesting choice. I think it's the only time it shows up on this list. Isaac Johnson has The Dark Knight. As a fantasy film. As a... F- yeah. It's a realistic film, Isaac. That is a... <laughs> that's an odd thing for me to think about. Yeah. Because I almost... Oh, man, I'm not sure if it does qualify for me. <laughs> but it's weird to say that because it's literally my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. When we, when we get to our culmination of like all geek films that we have to put into the top ten, um, it is going to be high on a lot of lists, I have a yeah. feeling. Um, David Graham has Spirited Away, so that shows up again. And that brings us to, let's see, I don't remember who I started with last time. So, Ashley, why don't you give us your number six all right. Well, I think, just a warning in advance, I think this is going to be my most controversial pick. Uh-oh. It's um, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, which is the second one. I know that most, a lot of fans don't like the later movies. Lots of people kind of agree the first one is a fun kind of action-adventure movie, but Dead Man's Chest is actually my favorite of the franchise. I just like that they kind of expand the mythology a little bit. They get more into the pirate culture see different areas and you have some kind of interesting motivations where the characters are kind of starting to turn on each other and I just think it's really fascinating I don't know how many other people agree with me but it's one of my favorite fantasy films is that the Davy Jones one yes okay yeah uh yeah you know 
I have one of those films in my top ten. Really? I do. And, wow. I, and I think that it's a fantastic film. Um, this, this one is probably my second favorite. I really am disappointed with what the filmmakers have done with some of the other movies. Because they are playing in a rich world, like you said, Ashley, like full of opportunity. Um, and I'm bummed out with some of the choices that they're making. Mm. Um, the, third, the third film in the franchise, uh, At World's End, um, has a fantastic beginning and an atrocious end. It has, <laughs> it, like, it has one of the most confusing, convoluted stories of all time. Like, it's just so weird. Um, but I do love these characters. So I'm glad that you threw that in there, actually. That's very cool. And you're probably right. A little bit controversial for it being uh, higher than some of the other ones on there. But, but way to go for defending it. What about you, Daryl? What do you Sorry, have? I oh, can't sorry. lie. Yeah, yeah, you can't lie. You can't, <laughs> this is, and, and nor can anyone, anyone judge you. You, you do you. Um, what do you have, Daryl? Uh, mine's controversial too. It's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not controversial at all. It's the Two Towers. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, good pick. Um, so we know what your favorite <laughs> yes. Lord of the Rings is, basically. But how high will it be? How high will it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the two towers. So I was, I was that's the one that I kind of went back to and started watching when I was working on this list. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how cool, like, you know, is it? Uh, I don't want to butcher the name. I think it's Rohan, right? Yeah, the writers yeah. of writers Rohan. Of Rohan. Or and, Rohan, uh, Rohan. There's just some really cool stuff in that movie. Yes. And Gollum. I mean, you have to recognize the brilliance of Gollum. I know he's in the first one, but this is where you really get to see him. Mm-hmm. And that sort of... Like, I know it wasn't the first motion capture thing that was ever done, but it basically blew it up to the world and it said, yeah. hey world, meet Andy Serkis. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And now we have the Apes trilogy, which I love. And so... I still have not seen that trilogy. None uh, of it? No. Oh man, it's, it's so just good. one of those things where it's like, do I want to watch a movie about a Planet of Apes? Not really. And then I just, and I know everyone tells me it's oh. super good and that I would really like it, and it's really it has actually some really deep themes, and you yeah. know I'm into that stuff. But yeah, for some reason I just can't do it. But uh, no, definitely one of the things about Gollum, since you mentioned Gollum, um, is that talk about Peter Jackson's ability. I don't remember feeling any sympathy for Gollum after reading the books. Oh, he was totally like. Oh, you had sympathy for him after watching the movie? Totally. Oh, I didn't. I'm I, like, this guy's detestable. Like, I hate this guy. Oh, but I, I see. I had, a, I had a very different feeling for him because, to me, the depiction of Gollum is like the depiction of someone who has an addiction. Hmm. And it's yeah. just like this thing that they cannot control. And it's this thing that, like, I have so much sympathy for him for not being able to control that. Well, now I feel like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just think Peter Jackson made us, made us, he really changed my definition of that character because um, he's so evil, but yet doesn't want to be evil, and then, but he can't control himself, mm. right? And it's just like, to me, I just thought, I think that's just so well done. Um, and, okay, so Ashley, remind me what yours was. Yours was... Uh, uh, Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest. And then Daryl comes in with the two towers. Is yours going to be a part two in a franchise? It's going to be a part two in a franchise. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so this is where I have Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. 
Really? Yeah. So you, you'll notice that my last one was The Last Crusade. And so a lot of people would say, well, no, like Last Crusade is like way better than Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but after, and I used, to, I used to actually believe that myself. But after I've watched it a little bit more and after I've got into, after I really like kind of started to really enjoy the series some more, um, I like the fact that we go from uh, a... Uh, biblical Jewish narrative about the Ark of the Covenant, and then jump into a completely different religion with uh, with, a, with completely different areas of the world. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it, and yeah. how that all unravels. I think it's super cool, um, which is fun for me. I think the reason I don't like that one as much. I mean, I like it. It's an Indiana Jones film that doesn't have crystal skulls in it, so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But the reason it falls behind Raiders and the Last Crusade for me, um, I just don't think it has as much heart. I don't think it's as deep. It's mm. a little bit more about the action and the gross out and stuff like that. Yeah. The fact that it's a prequel is confusing. Uh, or I've, that's what I've heard. Anyhow. It's, it is... Um... Oh, and I'm gonna, yeah, it, it is a prequel. It is, it is 1935, yeah. I believe. And, and, and Raiders of the Lost Ark is 1936. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of the iconic Indiana Jones images we have, especially a lot of the ones that Disney uses, yeah. actually come from Temple of Doom. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I uh, I I love the fact that the first and the third films um, deal with uh, uh, subject matter. What I like about Indiana Jones, and this is this is coming, you know, obviously if you listen to this podcast, you know that I come from a um, uh, the, the worldview of a Christ follower. So I think it's really fun that we see these religious artifacts that are like yeah. actually real and they actually do real things. Um, but I also like that they break that and they explore other things as well um, in, in really pretty interesting ways and in a way that like it's still cohesive to all of the things existing. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the crystal skull. Yeah. It's like veers yes. away from that. Yeah. It veers away from that so much. And you're just like, what in the world? So spoiler alert, crystal skull is not in my top 10, <laughs> uh, but I'm hoping that a new one will be, will be cooler. So we'll see. Um, all right, let's jump into the, we're getting into the top five now. Uh, Tim Posada has Lord of the Rings, um, fellowship of the ring. Uh, Joseph Heath has Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Michael Gordon has heavy metal. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Zach Linton has Stranger Than Fiction, which is pretty cool. It is. That's a pretty cool movie to have on there. Good job, Zach. I was not thinking of that. Um, Seth Fontaine has a choice that almost made my list. Jumanji. Oh, nice. Ah. I just... I, I, I can't get behind a Jumanji movie. I don't know why. No? I, mean, I didn't like it. The new one doesn't look good to me. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> See, I liked it, and I, I, then I saw the trailer for the new one. I actually think that uh, Mike Faber posted it in the ESO group, uh-huh. uh, the ESO Facebook group, and um, very different from yeah. conceptually, but I love what they're doing with it. I think it's really interesting to me. There's some funny people in it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hopefully that'll make it worthwhile. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Jumanji, Ashley? Um, I it's like a fun childhood memory. I remember watching it as a kid and of course being scared when like some of the things started coming out of the board game and 
I, I'm actually kind of excited about the new one, too. I will kind of be curious to wait and see what the reviews are, but I like that they're doing a little bit something different. As you mentioned, there's some really funny people, and I like the idea that these famous actors are playing, like, actually the avatars of the kids within the game. I think that looks pretty funny. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that one turns out. Yeah, Team Jumanji. Actually, no, no, Team Jumanji, yeah. I'm not against your team. <laughs> I hope it's good. I want to enjoy it. Well, my brother came up with, 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 we've heard this one before as well. I thought it was the only time it made the list, but I was wrong. Um, Hook like Hook comes up mm-hmm. again. Um, and Hook is, a, Hook is a fun one, for sure. Um, very interesting concept, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and Robin Williams, I mean, talk about somebody who has left this world too early. Because, like, that dude not only is talented, but he brought so much joy to so many people through yeah. his humor. And oh, yeah. And Hook's interesting because it's, it's, a, it's a kind of movie or it's a kind of idea or a kind of sequel that was really unheard of and weird at yeah. the time that it came out. Those kinds of movies are much more common now. People are okay yeah. with picking something up 20, 30 years later or having you know your rogue ones and your, your peripheral movies and stuff like that. But yeah, Hook was kind of a little ahead of its time in that regard, I think. It's true. And I still feel bad for Rufio. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Have this old guy come in and just take your spot, man. That's <laughs> that's a bummer. Um, all right, so uh, that is not an ageist comment, by the way. There's nothing wrong with old guy. That's not what I meant by that. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason Cunningham also has The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Um, so that shows up again. Very cool. Uh, Sandra Demas uh, chooses the entire Harry Potter series. Um uh, which will come up again, uh, so we'll, we'll talk about it in more depth later. Uh, my dad says Groundhog Day. Uh, Malachi Ward says Princess uh, Mononoke from mm. 1997, which I have not seen. Have, you guys, a, seen, have you guys seen that? No, but that's Miyazaki no. too, isn't it? I believe so, yeah, yeah. I believe it's also like a similar to Spirited Away type yeah. of deal, right? Um, Nathan Sheck has uh, Pirates, of the Bean, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. So that shows up. It'll show up again, so we'll talk about it in the future. Um, George Traxon has The Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I need to watch that one again, actually. What, what year did that movie come out? Do you guys remember? Somewhere in the 90s, right? Yeah, that feels right. Vin Diesel voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch that one again, for sure. Uh, Isaac Johnson also has The Incredibles on his list, so that's cool. I have The Incredibles on my list, too. Um, and David Graham has Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. So there you go. Uh, Daryl, what is your... You're in the top five now, so we're getting really we serious. What is your top five? What is your top... What is your five? Number uh, five? My top five... My number five is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice! Yeah. Well, well done. Arguably one of the best movies of all time. I know you're not going to fight me on that. No, I'm not going to fight you on that. Um, one of the best themes of all time absolutely once again john williams oh john williams is spectacular thank god for john williams yeah oh yeah can you can you imagine like just if you just took john williams alone out of cinema and just totally different yeah oh oh my gosh like all of a sudden all of your favorite movies are like what i don't even know i don't even know anymore man yeah (laughs) it's ridiculous um well, I'm going to come back to that one later. I know you are. Yeah, because yeah. I have to spend time talking about that yeah. one. But actually, what is, your, what is your number five? 
Mine is a less controversial pick for this one. Um, I'm going to go with The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I also did really enjoy Prince Caspian, but uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe edges it out just a little much because I like seeing how the kids kind of discovered this fantasy world and just the kind of the weight of some of the themes, even though this is a children's story, just like Aslan and his sacrifice. It's just a really powerful story, great visuals, and I love seeing these school kids become like heroes in this fantasy world so a great book and great movie absolutely is this going to show up on your list at all daryl no it's not okay so yeah let's, let's spend some more time here um so interestingly enough i did enjoy lion the witch and the wardrobe a, a lot um i am a fan of c.s lewis uh he can be pretty on the nose with his metaphors in a way that tolkien is not like tolkien's metaphors are a little bit more um uh, they're, they're they're less uh, upfront in your face type of that yeah. thing. I think Lewis. That's fair. That's I think fair. Lewis was also more intentional about trying to put his faith into his stories too. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. they shared the same faith, but Tolkien yep. wasn't quite as concerned with that. So. Well, and and I think Lewis is one of like one of the thought leaders. Oh, within the Christian faith, for sure. Which is, and he has amazing works. Oh yeah, lots and lots of amazing works. Um, And so this this being his his fictional account, his fantasy world account, um, wherein his faith kind of is is evident. Um, But uh, I have to say that I was a huge fan as a kid. Of the BBC, like PBS, like (laughs) that whole series. And so, because I had such a strong emotional tie to that cheesy version, it made it harder for me to like this Disney version around this time. This was like Jack Sparrow playing Willy Wonka for you? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But actually, what are some of the things that make this, um, that turn this into one of your top five? Um, I like kind of just the timelessness of it. Some of these stories like Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia have been around for so long. They're going to be around for a long time. So I felt a little more comfortable putting it high up on the list. This is something that I think is going to age well, something that I'd love to show to my kids when I have kids. And I think it's just a great timeless story. And I think it will it will age pretty well. It's one that I'll continue to enjoy throughout my lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. I think it kind of made us more aware of some actors that have become a really big deal since then too, right? Like James McAvoy yeah. and... Oh, yeah. Wasn't Tilda Swinton in Yes. It? Yes, she yeah. was. She was the White yeah. Witch. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Of course. That's awesome. And it introduced all Americans to Turkish delight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Um, very cool. So my, my top five, uh, going back to animated film... Is Toy Story. Hey. Toy Story is just a fantastic film in so many ways. And it being the first, one of the first of its kind for Pixar to come out with, that um, just set in stone Pixar as a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. within the storytelling world. So I'm a big fan of Toy Story. Hey guys, pardon my brief interruption here, but do you need a new pair of headphones? If you do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Urban Vinyl. They make premium wood headphones that look amazing. But here's the thing, they're made by audiophiles for audiophiles, so they sound as good as they look. In fact, reviewers have called their headphones the best headphones on the market, better even than Bose and Beats. And you know what, I agree. 
They're what I use when I record this podcast. Please consider purchasing a pair using the link in the show notes. If you click the link to their website and use the promo code J, my name, my first name, J-A-Y, super simple, you save 15% and Urban Vinyl will make a donation to the Reclamation Society. So if you need headphones or you're looking to upgrade the pair that you currently have, definitely take a look at what Urban Vinyl has to offer. Click the link in the show notes to visit their website and use my name, J-A-Y, to get the 15% discount. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Now, let's get back to the show. Which then brings us to our number four films. Uh, Tim Posada has Princess Mononoke, so that shows up twice now. Um, Joseph Heath has uh, The Princess Bride. Um, So, obviously, a lot of people saying The Princess Bride. Um, Michael Gordon has Excalibur. Oh. Interesting thing about this, I am a, I, and I used to be especially a huge Arthurian legend geek. Hmm. Like, huge. I was super into Arthurian legend, but I cannot find a movie that I love that deals with the subject. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Excalibur, I mean, that's, you know, classic movie. Classic movie. I'm glad that it made somebody's list. Um, Zach Linton comes in with a never-ending story, and I happen to know that Zach is a huge '80s movie nerd, so it doesn't surprise me that that makes his list. Uh, Seth Fontaine comes in with the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Cody Shear has Willow. Jason Cunningham has the Harry Potter series. <laughs> uh, uh, Sandra Demas has the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, and this is fascinating for Sandra to put that there because then you just think about where she's putting Lord of the Rings in comparison to some of the other ones we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, my dad has the adventures of Baron Mankowson. Munchausen. Munchausen. <laughs> I'm not good at pronouncing some of these films. <laughs> uh, Malachi. Who, who, who directed Arrival? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it different every time I pronounce okay. it. <laughs> um. Malachi Ward had Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. Great choice. Yeah. Great choice. Classic 90s, early 90s movie there. Um, Marianne Holland has Harry Potter 3, which I have no idea which one that is. Uh, is that Azkaban? Is that The Prisoner of Azkaban? I don't know. If I had to pick a favorite Harry Potter movie, Azkaban would probably... Prisoner of Azkaban. That's the one with um, Gary Oldman, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd probably pick that one. Um, I'm not sure if that's it, but I think it might be. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, Nathan Sheck has Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Uh, George Traxton has Battlestar Galactica, uh, which is such a movie. I don't know. I don't know. I've seen that movie. There might no. You know what? There was a movie though. It was a. It was a Sci-Fi Channel movie. Yeah, but part of the really just an extension of the series. Yeah, it's true. Isaac Johnson has Back to the Future. David Graham has Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, so, number four. Daryl, what is your number four? My number four is controversial only in the sense that this is my all-time favorite Disney movie. Really? And I think when I say that, I kind of piss some people off because it's not, it's not The Lion King. It's not Beauty and the Beast. It's yeah, not yeah, Aladdin. Yeah. It's Moana. Whoa, a new one. Mm, yeah. Wow. Interesting. I think Moana is a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, my whole family loves it. My son watches it constantly. Um, and so I've seen it since it came out. I've probably seen it 30, 40 times. 
Wow. Because there's there'll be a stretch where my son will watch it like every day for a week. Yeah. And there's parts of it that still choke me up. Really? The music is incredible. Um, some of the moments, especially at the end, I don't want to give spoilers away, but yeah. I, I just think that's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Would you go so far as to say that it calls you? It calls me. <laughs> yeah. it, it knows my name. <laughs> I don't know where you're going, though. So um, We'll stop that immediately because that's going to go. You don't want to see how yeah. far I'll go? <laughs> so, oh, nice. Well nice done. What about you, Ashley? What do you have? Well, you know what? I'm actually going to cheat just a little bit. I had not originally put Indiana Jones on my list because I wasn't sure if it counted as fantasy, but since I've heard many others, I feel that I cannot leave it off my list. So for my number four, I'm actually going to slot in Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, it must, I think it's a must-have on the list. Yeah. You what, now, what did you have? No, did you have something else before this? I did, actually. Um, I had originally put Doctor Strange, which was kind of a bit of an unconventional uh, pick. Yeah. Um, I thought of the Marvel movies, it's maybe one of the more fantasy ones, Absolutely. just because it deals with magical in another realm. Totally. But I think that one would actually be more appropriate, probably on my superhero list. So I will go ahead and slot Indiana Jones for this one, because after hearing so many others mention it, I feel like I just, I really can't leave yeah, it off. Yeah. So. I, you can't do that. That'd be... Now, I have a very controversial one at number four. And it's controversial, controversial for multiple reasons. <laughs> uh, for one thing, you could classify it as sci-fi, and I did not because it just doesn't feel sci-fi to me. It feels fantasy to me. Uh, I believe it is a Disney movie, and I have it listed higher than the other Disney movies that I've already mentioned. Um, but it is The Rocketeer. Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I love The Rocketeer. I mean, talk about a classic, like, 1930s, 40s feel to it. Um, really fun. Uh, kind of in the in the same conversation as sort of like Indiana Jones, The Mummy, that kind of deal. Uh, I really, really enjoyed The Rocketeer. Hmm. So, and that brings us to our top three. Top three. Top three movies. Here we go. Top three fantasy films. Um... Coming at number three for Tim Posada is The NeverEnding Story. Joseph Heath, Labyrinth. Anything you guys want to mention about Labyrinth while, we, while we're here in, in the top three? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, sometimes I get it mixed up with Legend. I can do I think just because they're yeah. both fantasy films that start Which with Which one L, is Tom Cruise? That's Legend. Okay, okay. Labyrinth okay. is David Bowie. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Both weird. Both weird films. Both weird people. <laughs> this is true too this is true too any thoughts on labyrinth ashley um this is another one i actually haven't seen just not quite my kind of thing but definitely a classic in terms of fantasy so it's probably one i should end up watching someday yeah it's, it's one of those ones that i used to see all the time like on out in california we had uh we have a tv station ktla5 and i feel like mm-hmm. labyrinth was playing like on a weekly basis and every time i like start watching it Maybe like, this is really weird. <laughs> <Just turn Yeah. laughs> uh, Michael Gordon has Time Bandits. Fantastic oh, edition. Time Bandits, time Bandits is great. Uh, Zach Linden has Groundhog Day. Uh, Seth Fontaine has How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2. He could not choose between the two. <laughs> um, Cody Shear has Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Jason Cunningham has Chronicles of Narnia, The Land of Witch, and The Wardrobe. Sandra Demas has Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And this is ahead of her Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy choice. You know, Very interesting. 
Hardcore Edgar Wright fans are hardcore Edgar Wright fans. Which is a spoiler alert for some of the upcoming oh, sorry. movies <laughs> yep, uh, yep. that she has on there. Uh, no, but that's, I guess so. I guess that's true. I guess that's absolutely true. Uh, my dad, Rocky Shear, has uh, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Um, pretty classic Steven Spielberg, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Malachi Ward has The Princess Bride, uh, which uh, is, we're going to get into this, is a lot of people had Princess Bride. Yeah. A lot of people had Princess Bride. Um, Marianne Holland has Harry Potter number two, which I don't know which one that is. Oh, that's the one I badmouthed earlier. <laughs> Chamber, <laughs> Oops. Chamber of Secrets. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Marianne. What's the first one? The first one is... Sorcerer's Stone. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Nathan Sheck has Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, George Haraxon has 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> it didn't make anybody's sci-fi list, but it makes somebody's fantasy list. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, you did make the sci-fi list. Like it did? People had, yeah. Oh, okay. In fact, uh, I believe Malachi Ward had it at number one. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. We, we, you and I agreed that we thought it was super boring. <laughs> yeah. But other people liked it. Um, Isaac Johnson has The Wizard of Oz, so going with the critic choice there. And David Graham has The Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. Only appearance of The Sword in the Stone, but a great... Great film. Um, so, Daryl, what is your top three? What are your top, what is your top? What is your number three movie? Mine. Okay, so my number three. This is where I throw my favorite Lord of the Rings film in. So it's The Fellowship of the Ring. Ah, nice. And I thought about it. The reason I think that is my favorite is because I love the simplicity of the story of the Fellowship mm. and them going through this journey together. Yeah. Um. The fight with the is it the Urukai at the end yep. is fantastic. Like there's few moments in cinema more satisfying than when Aragorn cuts that guy's head off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just I just I I feel like that one has the most heart of the three films. Yeah. And I just I really I like that focus on the fellowship itself. So Absolutely, absolutely. Uh I guess I can go ahead and say this now. It is at my number two. Um, but since we're talking about it, uh, my favorite of the tr- of the trilogy for sure, um, the way that Peter Jackson and the entire crew uh, introduces us to these characters and brings them together mm-hmm. and brings in their different skill sets and their different personalities and the conflict that occurs between them, um, and uh, you know Sean Bean uh, with a sword, yeah, <laughs> again. <laughs> um, than doing nefarious things like I don't know, it just really works on so many levels. Yeah. And I love the I love the scene of like the hobbits have left their their comfortable world, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and the metaphor that is for for young people leaving Britain to go fight in in the Second World War yeah. or even the First World War. Yeah. Um. And 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 them going to that tavern for the first time and just seeing the sights and sounds and I think it's the first time that the ring falls on his finger and he disappears and I don't know just so good that's that's a fantastic film fantastic film and I came at it as someone who hadn't read the books I still haven't read the books oh I've read The Hobbit but I never read the Lord of the Rings books yeah and so you know when the trailers came out and they have all these slow motion hero shots of the fellowship climbing the mountain and stuff like that I didn't have a frame of reference for that. Got it. But it was still completely awesome to me. I'm yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> um, I personally, very controversial opinion. I personally prefer the movies to the books. 
I don't think that's controversial. I think I know people um, that feel that liter- way. Literature people really they get up in arms about that a little yeah. bit. But I mean, like the books gave us like Tom Bombadil, which is just <laughs> awful. Like, I don't know why Tom Bombadil needs to be in there. Uh, what's your thoughts, Ashley? What do you think about Fellowship of the Ring? I think they're all really good movies. I have kind of gotten to the point where I think of Lord of the Rings more as a unit. Like it's really hard to separate it out into a trilogy. It's really just one like nine hour film. But I think each one has its strengths. I like the Fellowship. They're just beginning the journey. You get to know these characters and the two towers. Their backs are really up against the wall. Then in Return of the King, you finally have that emotional release where they finally achieve their quest. So I think there are strengths about each one of them. And just as a whole, it's probably one of the greatest uh, trilogies ever made, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, my, now, what's your number three, actually? My number three is from a franchise. I don't think I see it on anybody else's list, but it's actually Hunger Games Catching Fire. Um, I really liked this movie. Um, I don't say this too often, but I think the movie is actually better than the book. The book focused Mm. a lot kind of on the teenage love triangle, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I thought the movie did a much better job of drawing out some of the more serious kind of political and society things. I thought they, this, they raised the stakes and it wasn't so much like, Ooh, is Katniss going to pick Gail or Peta? And they focused more on like the danger involved in the society and the growing rebellion. So I thought they did a really good job of bringing out some of the interesting philosophical themes. I am curious to see how well this film and the franchise as a whole ages over time. So maybe if you ask me again in 10 years, this might not rate so high on my list. But right now, it's it's one of my favorites. I like it. It makes me think. And it's it's a good movie, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, interestingly enough, uh, my wife read the books and she really enjoyed them. I was like, I think you should read the books. And I read the first two books, watched the first two movies. And that series is fantastic, but suffers from the Matrix Syndrome. Which is to say, as soon as you take it out of its gimmick, in my mind, like it really hurts the film. Because if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like I'm not getting this wrong, I, I hope. But the third film takes it out of the Hunger, Hunger Games entirely, right? Like there's that no is game. correct. The yeah. um the third book is has the award of being the first book I've ever thrown across the room after reading it because I was so mad about how it ended. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I do remember I do remember specifically with the second book going, oh wow, this is an even cooler game. Yes, like with even more intense like and, and so the, like you said like the way that they broadened that world out and then like made the made the game still a part of it was super cool and I really enjoyed that as well. I think the second one makes. It sort of takes the framework of the first one and makes it way more fun yeah. yeah, and way more intriguing. Yeah. And way more intense at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. with more, with more um, weight to it, I think. And I actually, I disagree with you about the gimmick. I think, I do think these movies stand out as good movies with or without the Hunger Games gimmick. Oh, so you, so you think the third one is... I do think the third one is good. Um, I don't know if it needed to be two films, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think it's. I think it's a really good war movie. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I um I didn't throw the third book across the room because I stopped reading it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is not getting to any games, and it's super boring. <laughs> I will say this is one of the few instances when I can say I have read the books and seen the movies because yeah. I'm just not a novel reader. But um, I will say I enjoyed the third movies way more than I enjoyed the third book. I found the book kind of hard to follow, but the movies I really enjoyed. So There you go. There you go. Um, Glad we got to talk about it. My number three 
Um, and perhaps very controversial, though I didn't think of it when I was putting the list together, um, is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Hmm. So, uh, like I was saying before with this world, like, okay, so first of all, I'm a huge fan of pirate era things um, and dealing with that kind of mythology. And I don't think there's a better pirate movie out there. Um, a lot of pirate movies have just been really, really stupid. Um, case in point, uh, the Gina Davis film. Cutthroat Island? Cutthroat Island. Yes, yes, yes. What a bummer. I, I, was I like so... that better than Pirates of the Caribbean. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I thought that it had uh, fun actors playing the roles. I mean, you have... Orlando Bloom playing a super serious role, which is contrasted by Jack Sparrow's, like, just almost, like, Johnny Depp's, like, I'm not even going to take anything seriously, yep. kind of like. Uh, no, really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And that's what bums me out a little bit about, like, um, the third film. I just think they, this, this, they, they can do so much with the visuals that they've um, chosen to utilize and things like that. They just kind of, like, squandered it in the third one. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that was my top three. That was my, or my, my number three film. I think part of what makes that hard for me is I'm not a big fan of pirate culture. Like, it's just... Ah. I don't have anything against it. It's just not one of those genres that I love. Yeah. Like, mafia movies are the same way for me. Like, I just kind of don't care about the mafia. Yeah. But I think one of my frustrations with the Pirates franchise in general is something that I heard somebody say as a positive. Really? So I think it was the director of the newest movie. Okay. The directors. I think there were two of them. Um, and they said one of the things we had to be sure of with Jack Sparrow is not to change him because uh, people mm. love Jack Sparrow they love the fact that Jack Sparrow doesn't change uh, and I'm like I think that's the crux of why I hate Jack Sparrow right. is because right. he doesn't change like there's no story there right. you know he doesn't evolve yeah so no character development hate is a little strong of a word that's not yeah. true but <laughs> he's just not my favorite character well, before we move on to the number two films, um, I do want to give the bronze award for <laughs> uh, what was chosen by the Story Geeks audience as um, the number three uh, movie, which is not even fair because there was no other way for me to do this. It's a series. <laughs> um, and the bronze medal goes to Harry Potter, the series. Okay. Um, that was what got the third most votes. And for those of you who are out there, it's not a super scientific thing. What I do is I go in and I give one point to a film that came in at 10, 10 spot. Right. And I give 10 points to the film that came in at the number one spot. And I add up all those points. It's actually a super big pain. I wish there was something that would do it for me. Uh, but that's how I come up with those ratings. So Harry Potter gets the bronze award. And now we're going to get into uh, the number two films. Tim Posada, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Uh, Joseph Heath Mirror Mask, which I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's another Neil Gaiman story. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Michael Gordon, Lord of the Rings Trilogy. Uh, Zach Linton, The Princess Bride. Seth Fontaine, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Cody Shear, The Princess Bride. Jason Cunningham, The Hobbit Trilogy. Uh, Sandra Demas, Star Wars minus the prequels. Uh, Rocky Shear, Star Wars, uh, Malachi Ward, Pinocchio from 1940, so that would not be the cartoon. Nice. I don't think it would be the cartoon, would it? It could be. I don't know. It could be the cartoon. Uh, Marianne Holland, uh, Harry Potter number one. 
Um, Nathan Sheck, The Princess Bride, George Harrison, Star Wars, Isaac Johnson, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and David Graham with Willow. So, Ashley, what is what comes in at your number two fantasy film? This is where my uh, Harry Potter film comes in. It was hard to choose my favorite one, but I'm going to have to go with The Deathly Hallows Part 2. I like it. I guess maybe I just like conclusions of tro- uh, franchises for some reason. It's just <laughs> kind of just brings things to a head. You've seen these characters grow throughout this film. The stakes are really high. And I just think it's really powerful, the theme of, like, Harry sacrificing himself for his friends. And I also love the montage of Snape. I thought Alan Rickman was just a fantastic performance as the character of Snape. And then this really powerful montage just completely changes the way you see his character. You start off the film thinking he's mean and possibly evil and working for Voldemort. And then you find out, like, he's had this whole tragic past. So I... I enjoy all the Harry Potter films, but this one is definitely my favorite. Cool. Now, are you a big fan of the books? Yes. I um, I actually I like them both equally. There's things that the books, of course, have more, but I also like some of the ways that the film is able to tell a visual story. Like I really liked that I mentioned before the visual montage of Snape showing showing him as he grew up and then you know had some of his tragic experiences. I thought that was really powerfully done in film. So I think hmm. both are equally good in my mind for different reasons. I do remember uh, really liking this particular film. I had an interesting um, experience myself because Harry Potter was, I mean, incredibly popular part of a basically cultural icon right um and i had i had started to read the books pretty late after they'd been hyped um and i really didn't like it and i didn't understand why people did like it Hmm. um so then later i thought like well i'm not going to invest in the books because it's not really my thing um and i'm glad other people like it but it's just not really my thing but i will invest in the movies and I kind of felt very similar to the movie, like in the movies, but I did really like the way that it ended. Um, both part one and part two, I really enjoyed, and I thought that they um, did some pretty cool nar- narrative arc things, like you're talking about, Ashley. So I did really appreciate that, even though for some reason it's not quite my uh, cup of tea for some reason. Reason, but they're definitely well done. There's no question about that. Um, what did you think, Daryl, about Harry Potter? Um, I, I enjoy the franchise. And actually, Deathly Hallows Part Two would be my favorite one also. Mm. It didn't make my list here, but it would be my favorite Harry Potter movie. Mm. I think... I mean, to get to see characters start out as kids and then watch them all the way to the point where you're watching them in this super high stakes, very dark, very deeply written battle. Yeah. It's like, you don't get to see that very often in film. You know, the next time we're going to see that might be like Infinity War, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. kids, but seriously, like 10 years culminating in this giant thing. And and it was just really satisfying. Like, yeah. it's a really, really good movie. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Uh, so what's your number two? So my number two and my number one are actually pretty close. I labored over which one oh, was okay. going to get which okay. spot. Ultimately, I chose my number one because I thought it was a little bit more fun than my number two. Um, So my number two pick might also be controversial in that nobody has said a single word about it. Really? But it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Hmm. Completely blew me away when I saw it in the theater. 
Um, a Chris Nolan movie came out that year, and this was my favorite movie of the year. No way. I think it came out the same year as The Dark Knight Rises. Now you've really got me thinking. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Do you want to guess? No, I, know, I have a no guess. It's uh, Life of Pi. Ah, mm. interesting. One of my very favorite movies. I just think it's beautiful. Now, not to throw spoilers, but depending on whether or not the tale he tells is true, mm. if it's not true, then maybe it's not technically a fantasy film. But mm. you watch the tale unfold. Yeah. I personally... I want it to be true. I kind of <laughs> don't think it is. But... <laughs> but um, and, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's sort of presented as if it's not because the, the animals represent people that he experienced too. Mm-hmm. But I think you can't deny that it's a fantasy film. I mean, like, it's just a beautiful film. So huh? there you go. Now, now, have you seen Life of Pi, Ashley? I have not. That's, um, it looks cool. I remember seeing the trailers, but not one I thought of as a fantasy film. But again, like you said, there's, it's such a wide category with so many opportunities for different fantastical elements. So I, I remember hearing it got a lot of Oscar buzz, I think, the year that it came out. So definitely one I would like to see someday. Yeah, I agree. I haven't actually seen it either. So oh, man. I just need to watch it now. Go see it. It's yeah. so, so good. Um, cool. Well, the collective choice with the silver medal, uh, and this probably won't be surprising based on how many times it was mentioned. In fact, this one, it was almost like made it into number two just by sheer mentions alone. Um, and the only one that's not a series. Yeah. Is The Princess Bride. Yeah. So, clearly deserving. Totally um, deserving. And the only one that's not, it didn't make my list, but it, the only one that's not a, a series that I didn't have to calculate based on a series. Um, so, that's cool. And you guys already heard my number two. My number two was Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, drum roll for the number ones, Tim Posada, Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Which we haven't talked about. So, let's pause for a second here. Have you guys seen Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. Yes. And what did you, what was your what are your thoughts about it? What did you, why don't you tell us yours actually? It was pretty dark. Um, it's a really heavy movie, so it's one that you, it's good to watch when you have some time to just sit down and chew on it. But I liked it. Really interesting visuals, heavy story. Um, it's a good movie, but again, it's not necessarily a feel good one. It's one you you it's good to watch and then just have some time to kind of think over it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's very intense. What about you, Joe? I think so. I think Guillermo del Toro in general suffers from this thing where his visuals yeah. are super compelling yep. and have a real specific style, kind of like Tim Burton does. Yep. But the story, it doesn't always live up to the visuals. Yeah. I think Pan's Labyrinth is the best example of the story exceeding the visuals. Mm, mm. It's a really, really great story. But like Ashley said, it's very dark. It's very brutal. There's one scene in particular I can think of that is incredibly brutal and unpleasant to watch. <laughs> um, so it's a great movie, but it's probably not the kind of movie I'm going to watch more than once just because... I must have been so traumatized. You walk by away it, from it and it, you're disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember it. Um, I, I mean, I remember the general... Generally thinking it was really well done. I remember thinking that it was incredibly disturbing. Um... I do remember distinctly thinking that I would love to see Guillermo del Toro do a Star Wars film. Yeah. Well, yeah. and he was going to do The Hobbit. Yeah. I still would have loved to see that. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah. I just think that Star Wars, especially now that they've done Rogue One, 
there's there's darker stories that exist in Star Wars in the um, what would now be considered legends. Yeah. Um, in the extended universe, and I think that he could do an amazing story that was super dark in the Star Wars universe, but have it be really powerful and intense. So um, definitely a fan of his. Not sure I would have included Pan's Labyrinth just because not my type of thing. But... It's, you know, it's so weird because I'm I'm a fan of his, but I don't love any of his movies. Right. And some of them I actually straight up dislike. <laughs> like Pacific, Pacific Rim. Oh, I like and... Pacific Rim. Oh, I love that one. Hellboy 2 looks beautiful, but I... The story I don't enjoy. I like the first Hellboy. I like the first Hellboy. I have not seen Golden Circle, right? Golden I think, Circle? for me, I think Pan's Labyrinth might actually be his best film. Yeah. Even though it's just so dark. Wasn't it up for an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken? It was. Oh, it got a lot of attention. something. Uh, um, Joseph Heath has his number one is The Adventures of Baron... Munchausen. Munchausen. <laughs> there it is. Um, Michael Gordon has The Wizard of Oz. Zach Linton has Lord of the Rings. And he said, and he has a note here saying uh, primacy given to the two towers. Uh, Seth Fontaine has Lord of the Rings trilogy. Cody Shear has Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Jason Cunningham <laughs> has Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, Sandra Demas has Edgar Wright's uh, Cometo trilogy, which I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. Oh, Man. okay, okay, okay. Shaun of the Dead, I could see being fantasy, but the other two. At World's End? That would be fancy. Oh, or, you're right. Yes. Yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah. Um, although you can maybe argue science fiction if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Shear, Princess Bride. Malachi Ward, Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, Marianne Holland, fantastic choice. It uh, doesn't make my top 10. Wouldn't make my top 10. But The Goonies. How can you hate on The Goonies? See, I labored over that one. I almost put that in mine. Where's the fantastical element? It's That's true. What I'm it's, it's all fake fantastical yeah, elements. Yeah, it's true. But it's a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, really classic 80s movie. Uh, Nathan Sheck, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. <laughs> uh, George Traxon, Lord of the Rings. Um, Isaac Johnson, The Empire Strikes Back. David Graham, The Princess Bride. So, Ashley, what is your number one fantasy film? Well, I'm going to join, it appears, the majority of the group and Lord of the Rings and my personal favorite, Return of the King. And these movies are kind of special to me because I got um, kind of into them in high school. And this was kind of my first foray into geek culture. So whenever I think about, you know, getting into geek culture and things like that, Lord of the Rings was kind of the gateway for me. And um, I... They're just great films. They have hold up, held up really well over time. I think they will continue to hold up just because of the use of so much practical effects. And like I had mentioned earlier, I think it's one of the greatest trilogies ever made. All three of the films are great. And I think this is one people will continue to talk about for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's kind of like one of those classic Hollywood epic movies. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. they're just amazing. Um, great choice, Daryl. What is your top? What is your top fantasy film? My number one is a huge movie for me. Nostalgically, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and it's I have a set of movies from my childhood that I would watch over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And this is the one that doesn't fit into sci-fi or into the comic book realm. Yeah. And um, 
it might bug you a little bit because <laughs> I'm challenging you in a way. Okay. But um, it's uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, nice. I'm proud of you for putting it in there. That doesn't bug me <laughs> at all, no. Uh, but I'm saying it's better than your number one. Well, I don't agree with that, but uh, I'm glad that you have it on there. Um, for me, it's more fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's... It's a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, the inclusion of uh, Sean Connery as Henry Jones. I love that relationship yeah. between the two of them. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I was super frustrated when they made River Phoenix the young Indiana Jones because I just felt like he was like this like heartthrob magazine kid. And I'm like, that's not how Indiana Jones would be. Like, he'd be more rough around the edges. But as and I watched it. died and you felt like a jerk. No, I didn't feel like that. I really didn't until now. No. Um, now I, I watch that and I go, wow, he did a really good impression of, of a young Harrison Ford, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, but you know, so, so just, just, just to kind of like wrap up the trilogy, my number one is Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that's like my favorite film of all time. Um, favorite geek film, favorite movie in general of all time. And... What a great character. I used to... I Before cosplaying was a thing... I mean, I'm sure it was a thing. But it, it was yeah. going to be super obscure, right? Back in the day. And I had no idea what it was. I used to... Back when I used you to get dress beat up. up for doing it. Yes, exactly. Back <laughs> when you used to get beat up for doing it. I used to actually structure my clothing as if I was going to dress like Indiana Jones. Nice. How nice. big of a... I mean, that is talking about geek, man. Um, now, granted, I didn't have all of the cool stuff that he had. So it was always like kind of... It was almost more like... Uh, if you guys heard the, the concept of Disney bounding, where you don't really dress up like the character, but you kind of look like the character just by what you wear. That's I had a fedora. Did. did you really? I had an Indiana Jones fedora when I was a kid. Oh man, I'm a little bit jealous of you. I would write Indiana Jones plays. I would write like Indiana Jones scripts. I mean, my first forays into the writing world were to write Indiana Jones. So I'm about the biggest Indiana Jones geek as you can possibly find. I've read all the books. I've read all the novels. All the Indiana Jones novels. I've read all of those. I still dislike uh, Crystal Skull. <laughs> so I'm not that big of a geek. But, um, but yeah, what a fantastic... Uh, and, you know, George Lucas plus Steven Spielberg equals awesome. One of the best openings to any film ever. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Amazing. The ride at Disneyland is, like, one of the best rides ever built. I mean, like, it's fantastic. Um, so great, great choices all around, guys. That was really, that was really cool. Um, Let's go around and say our top one, top our number one films again. Ashley, uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Cannot argue with that, Daryl. Last Crusade and mine, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So the collective gold medal award-winning series, because we could not get it down to one film. And honestly, when you calculate the votes, all three were getting kind of a similar amount of votes. Or as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So Lord of the Rings trilogy comes in with the gold. And if you're talking about high fantasy and a strict definition of fantasy, I mean, it's kind of like where you got to yeah, go. Yeah, you can't really argue against it. No, you can't. Gatsby's going to argue. Okay. Oh. Gatsby, Gatsby doesn't like it. <laughs> he Gatsby does not is, approve. He is not happy about Lord of the Rings. He Gatsby's really a big upset. Willow fan. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. Which actually makes a lot of sense. Gatsby's a corgi. Um, and he has very short legs, and Willow is kind of about, you know, dwarfs, right? Isn't that what Willow's about? Yep. Yeah. 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 So Close enough. There you go. And Willow, I should, we didn't talk about Willow much, but Willow is a great movie. 
It's really fun. Yeah, I absolutely. Like, it was a big one for me as a kid, too. Well, not only that, but... Um, oh, man, his name is skipping my... Warwick event. Davis. Warwick Davis yeah. is awesome. He's great. Um, super cool guy. Always been involved with all the fandoms. Super generous to the fandoms with his time. Um... Can't say enough good things about him. He's a, and he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. Uh, so, huge thank you to Warwick Davis for being a part of all of the great things that we all love. He's wicked. He's. I know. I know. <laughs> he's in. I mean, he's in. He's also in Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken, right? Isn't he play a character in Lord of the Rings or no? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. But he's almost in all of our other geek properties. I mean. And he's the leprechaun, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll skip that one. Um. Well, Ashley, if people want to see some more of the stuff that you're working on, where should they go? Um, you can either become a part of the ESO network. There's a great Facebook group. Um, they're also online. They have a blog where I post my movie reviews. So definitely check out. I love the ESO team. They're great folks. Absolutely. I, I second that. Um, so go on there and check out some of Ashley's reviews. She does really cool reviews of all the latest, greatest geek films that have been out. Um, and including some non-geek films. I think I saw a review of Dunkirk on there. Yes. Yeah, I do occasionally uh, delve into some other movies outside my comfort zone. Dunkirk was great, by the way. Would highly recommend that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, we, after I stop this recording, the three of us are going to talk about Dunkirk for a little while. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. No, I, I can't. Because you haven't seen it Not yet? yet. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Which I know is ridiculous because I'm the biggest Chris Nolan fan of the yeah, world. Yeah, he's like the I biggest Chris Nolan fan. I know, I know. So we'll, we'll weigh on that. We'll have that discussion another time. Um, Daryl, what about you? Is anything you're working on besides the Story Geeks podcast, which you are always partnering with me on? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. This is what you do. So just listen to the Story Geeks. <laughs> Go subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Cool. Thank you guys both very much for, for joining in. Thanks to everybody who submitted their films. Fantastic lists all around. Um, and we will see you guys on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. That is it for today's podcast. Now it's time for you to share your thoughts on today's topic. Write us an email at hi at reclamationsociety.org or head over to one of our social media accounts and get in touch with us there. Links are in the show notes. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks. As always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.